hello and welcome to episode 8 of this AFL Life. I am Alison Smirnoff and I'm once again joined by my co-hosts Julia Kiera. Hi. And Megan McDonald. Howdy, Cowdy. <laughs> so no no filter at the start this week. We're going to save it till the end. Yep. I never get the pre I, I never get a briefing on this sort of thing. No, you just turn up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that make me? <laughs> Someone very famous. Sam Newman. <laughs> Sammy Newman. No, ew, it makes me rubber on 360. I would prefer to be Jared. <laughs> I just, you know, there just really wasn't anything this week to get angry about. So <laughs> nothing really came to mind that I could talk about or seemed unjust or seemed like the AFL was destroying its own product. I see. I don't know if you're being sarcastic. I know that's how good I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I got you right. Come on, no, me. you're being serious. <laughs> I think plenty of contentious things, but We're ultimately just no, not not complete outrage. No, no drama here. This is just your stock standard mm. grand final week. Yeah, mm. I mean it's not like we've had the biggest night in AFLW media attention to date. No, not at all. Would you say that? I think we did. Anyway, we'll about get to which that. night? Last night. Oh, there was a lot of coverage last night. Mm. A lot of chit chat. It's true. You have Foxtel though, so oh. I feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> we need to say that Meg's talking about Tuesday night because yes. we're recording this oh, sorry. on Wednesday. Yeah. On a Wednesday, yeah. depending on how quickly I edited it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's, who knows what's happening as we speak? Exactly. So, should we talk about the games very briefly before we get to the big topics of the week? Sure. Okay. GWS yeah. Lions. Yes. Friday night. Uh, we... I, I'm going to tell you what I was doing during each of the games. Okay. Uh, this game, I had just sat down at the wedding reception, was having some king prawns, I think. Delicious. Okay. And watching the game on your phone. Um, maybe last week, did we all tip GWS? Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. I got my two finalists wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't tip, so you two. Oh, shut mm. up. <laughs> So I had said lions don't stand up in big games. Great. Great. But I did, by the end of the game, I was like, you know what? Weeks ago, I was like, lions are a lock for the premiership. And then I changed my mind. But now I feel vindicated in my previous opinion. I had the same (laughs) thought because I was like, although I tipped wrong last week, a couple of weeks ago when you were saying lions are a lock, I said the bulldogs were a lock. So So really we should just not overthink things or, you know, respond to current events. Um, (laughs) So they just blew the Giants out of the water in the Mm. first quarter, ended up winning by 40 points. But it really was no contest after quarter time, was it? No. And Serena Frederick draw. Amazing. Amazing. The whoosh, also amazing. Yeah. But I don't know if anyone calls it that, surely. Well, whoosher, <laughs> but the whoosh. But uh, the definitive article at the start. The. The whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Move over, John Walsfold. <laughs> um, yeah. Is that our pricey of the game? Because I, I do feel like that we're just living in the past if we talk about them for too long. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next game. Uh, <laughs> but we won't, men- well, we won't mention GWS again. So, well done on your good season, GWS. Yeah. Good. Maybe we'll do a season review post-grand final. Mm. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Let's do that. Maybe <laughs> lubricated by alcohol. Yeah. On Saturday over in Perth, Frio beat the Blues by 11 points, handing Carlton the wooden spoon. Mm-hmm. Pretty quiet over at Carlton ever since then. And, um, <laughs> uh, but Frio, great, you know, for them to finish on a high. Hooker, amazing game, 25 disposals. She spends 100% of the time on the ground. And yeah. there were a lot of games where she was doing that. Webb, amazing. I think they just, I don't know, they just 
played better. How do we say that? They played better. And yeah. and, and Carlton kicked six twelve. Not the first time this season they've had a little discrepancy, points, goals, mm. ratio, out of whack. Yeah, yeah. But I think you were you about to say that it was Amy Lavelle's retiring game? Yes. And I love her left foot. Mm. Yeah. It's great. Mm. So yeah. I don't, she I don't two know. two goals. <laughs> nice uh, way to go out. All right. So Oh, I do have one more thing to say. Kelly Gibson, what a shame. We haven't seen her before. Yeah. Now. She did some uh, great things with her hands. Um, yeah. That's what she said. You are. Just don't. My brain is not. Before the show, the way yours does. I mentioned that I feel that Meg often says things that when I re listen to the pod, (laughs) require that's what she said. And Meg said, well, today you should say that's what she said every time I say it. So that's what's going to happen. I just don't go there when. What did I say? She does great things with her hands. So she does great things with her hands. That's not where my head's at. It's clearly where Julia's head's at. That's where everyone's head's at. No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. There was a particular passage when she sort of, I think she collected the ball at half forward, I think sells two bits of candy, turns around, lowers her eyes and hits someone with with a dart. So... Let's get more players playing like that and let's get the ones that can play like that on the park. Yeah. And we went through another season without seeing Kiara Bowers. Yeah. I just oh, just want her to get her body right and so she can play yeah. a season so we can all see her on the big stage. And oh, one more thing on that game. Probably my favourite contest of the season, that Taylor Harris mark. But oh, um, I'm going to deflate your lung at the same time. Oh. Hayley Miller. Hayley Miller. She I love Hayley Miller as a player. So She's so gutsy. Just a fair contest. You know, you don't love seeing the carnage, but um, yeah. But she's oh, she's tough too. She played out a game with a broken leg as well. She's yeah. a freak. Amazing. I reckon I've watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy where there's like someone that can't feel pain and that's like their major problem because <laughs> yes. they keep having injuries. And is that maybe – is that her? But um, Sharp kicks an amazing goal. I think it's five bounces running in. And Bridie um, Kennedy can run and she could not get anywhere yeah. near her. So good signs at Freo. Good for them to go out on a win. Carlton, you know, we'll get to that. They've so, obviously started their season review before we've started the season review, so mm. – Okay, so that brought us to Saturday night. One of, well, actually not even one of, the most anticipated game in the history of football. <laughs> for we're the just three of us, that's <laughs> true. It's pretty true. That's pretty true. And Oh, by the way, for the Carlton Freo game, I was driving down the Peninch, like dr- driving down to Mornington. Mm. Um, for this game, I had arrived and um, was at my sister's 21st. So Julia and I were at Whitnoble, ah. where we saw the you Western do look Bulldog- windswept. <laughs> we were. Um, we saw the Western Bulldogs claw their way back in the dying minutes to beat Melbourne by two points. Mm. Heartbreaker! Oh my god! Heartbreaker and a heartmaker. Um, <laughs> that sort of thing. But well, it was a very windy night. I how good did I look when I sent you that selfie? You. Look, you're at one with your hair, I have to say. (laughs) I can't believe you. Oh, God. Anyway. That's a compliment. Um, Sorry, football. But, yeah, it was incredibly windy. You didn't quite feel it in the grandstand, but you'd look at the um, goals at the 
the goalposts at the non um, highway end and they were shaking and the All dust game. coming off the um, hill at the back there kind of coming into the goal square it was really visible but and it seemed to have quite an impact on the on the game itself and Melbourne were the only team that to kick goals to that end mm. all the goals were at their um is it Ballarat Road Geelong Road whatever road it is at the other end oh I'm a bit still just shaking about that game it was very tense the mm. whole time it was very uh looks scrappy yeah no? oh con- Contested, contested, like it was contested. But, you know, uh, really competitive. Um, the win was definitely having an impact on the flight of the ball, but yeah, look, Melbourne kind of looked like they had it, and then that last goal from Brook Rockland sealed it for um, for Bulldogs. But something that really annoyed me was that you know, I think there was about a minute forty when that that goal goes through. So it's the last quarter. They're playing for a spot in the grand final. There's two points in it, and the umpire did not throw up the ball for the centre bounce until you know the girls had configured themselves in the right way according to the memo. And I just thought this is this is bonkers because I thought. The memo was about we're going to play in the spirit of the game to make the game as um, watchable as possible. I'm like, there's two points in it. There's two teams about to play for a grand final and you're not letting them set up how they want to set up? To try and get that final goal? Yeah. Yeah, it's prob- that setup's probably got nothing to do with their ethos as a playing group. Yeah. Yeah, let's get the ball to – yeah. Yeah, I just – I was furious because I'm like, this is insulting. This is absolutely insulting. If you think that someone at home is about to turn the TV off because they're not set up correctly for these last two minutes, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with everything you've said about that last ball up, mm. centre bounce. Um, but getting back to the, the wind, I, I was – I get really aggravated in the wind. It just—it really annoys me. But I—I I just feel like we were the weather robbed us of the best game yeah. of the year potentially. Well, not in terms of drama or how no, tense it was, yeah, but yeah, the skill level not was at all. down yeah. because the, even just the flight of the ball—the yeah. ball was going over the back heaps of times. It looked like it was really hard to read. There was at one point it was just the ball was stuck in this dead pocket for ages. Mm. Yeah, so it, it did rob us of a more free-flowing, skillful game. I yeah, and like I love that AFLW has taken footy back to these old suburban grounds, but they also don't have grandstands. So yeah, they're yeah. just completely open to the elements. And I just kind of – I just feel like that's just unfair on the athletes in a mm. way. Like I wear glasses and I walked – out of the ground and I was getting grit in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, it was just unbelievable conditions. Yeah, and it was um, thankfully for mine because I hate them, there were no fireworks because it was a complete fire ban that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, well, down to uh, Brookie. Well, actually, that – Asta. Yes. Mm-hmm. Asta's made it clear her role. <laughs> yes, yeah, she set up on the appropriate side of the – Throw in. Um, got a crucial hand in there. And then Jenna Bruton, she was, oh, at least on the replay, looked like she was playing out of her skin. And that was just like a very skillful gather handball to get it to Brooke. Yeah. Um, and Brooke did what she's done all season. Mm. It was a great game from Jenna Bruton. Yeah. Prior to that, I think Bianca Jacobson took maybe two or three intercept marks. Mm. And I just thought when Melbourne was still in front, I was like, oh, she's going to just claim recruiter of the year status here. <laughs> yeah. Was it 
good to see those those midfields go at each other because there's no real tagging, is there? They just seem to be, you know, Carney's playing on Daisy at times or Junior or Lammy. Or as once again, the game was too yeah, piggledy-piggledy. It was just so congested that yeah. it wasn't... Oh. It was hard to see that. Yeah, it's hard to see that. You know, Paxi was really playing out of her skin. Yeah. Um, her one, running capacity. Another one that played 100% game time. Mm. Yes, crazy. Mm. She gets a great goal. Which she ran an awfully long way oh, to get yeah, to. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, Bulldogs got the chocolates and heartbreak for Melbourne. And maybe a tackle was laid that... We'll Many column inches have been written about ever since. And we'll talk about later. <laughs> then on Sunday, the final game of the round was Collingwood v Adelaide. Collingwood won by 21 points. Thank you, because I had to get one tip right. <laughs> Thereby knocking Adelaide out of grand final contention and mm. opening the door for the Lions. So we have a Western Bulldogs-Brisbane Lions grand final. Yeah. And that Pies Crows game was great. And again, just come on, Collingwood. Yeah, Collingwood. Get it just it done like if, this, if this season was 10 rounds or 12 rounds, you know, you think like Collingwood smashing everyone. Got some, God, they got some good players. Yeah, they do. Je- your favourite, Jazzy Garner. Oh. Three goals. Um, the first one. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, just yeah, toying yeah, around yeah, with yeah. the rest of us. Mm. Bernardi again, another solo game, two goals. Mo Hope. Let Mo be Mo. Yes. How amazing is she when you just let her own that forward line? Her goal assists are so brilliant. She kicks a goal herself. Yeah, that's the thing. So it's not bare in the square. She's no. she's great. No, give her the 50. She's yeah, never, give her the whole 50. She's mm. never been a bear in the square. No. It's, a, oh. it's a joke. Don't get me started. But, yeah, they're getting the best out of her. And she's... She's kicked quite a few goals in both seasons, like a respectable amount of goals in both seasons, compared to others that haven't haven't been able to do it over the two seasons. So, unfortunately for Adelaide, you know their two captains, mm. best players in their competition, couldn't really be out there at full, full strength. At full strength, right? Yeah. Well, when Randall comes off, it really has a big impact on the game. Oh, Gosh, totally. mm. those intercept marks. We say it every week, but yeah. do it again. Yeah. Um, um, and Noffy didn't touch the ball very much. Mm. Look, to cost them a lot as well. Yeah. So. And Bernardi, uh, she just keeps getting better each week. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like you're saying, if the season was longer, she'd be mm. having an Aaron Phillips season by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's in the right spots. She always seems to be in the right spots to get those goals. Yeah. So Collingwood. Uh, I feel like even though they've – it's obviously not a perfect season for Collingwood, but it's a perfect ending in a lot of ways because I think if you're a fan, you just think there's so much upside and it gets you so excited for next season. So it's interesting. I considered it would you rather lose your first three games or your last three games <laughs> because you do – you're left thinking with Collingwood, hey, this is all right. Yeah, yeah. But if you're Carlton of lost their – last five games, not three games, but you go out on a note that's mm. thinking that's disastrous. Yeah. So, come on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what more to say than that, but they've they've got some serious young talent. They've got some great mid-20s talent. Mm. And then, you know, the, another game where there was notable retiree. Oh, Bree White. Mm. Mm, yeah. She's had a great career. Um, probably a quieter season this year, but has been a real fixture in Victorian women's footy for a long time. I remember playing on her one day at St Albans and she just ran all day. And I was thinking, I did not sign up for this. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so another one to thank for the existence of the competition itself. <laughs> yes. All right, so just looking back at the season, I just had a gander over the stats, so over the seven games. So tell quiz me, time. Quiz time. So tell me who, who kicked the most goals. Meg Mac. <laughs> That's my buzzer, sorry. Obviously uh-huh. not me. Um, Brooke Lachlan. Bro- oh, fine. What's your buzzer? Okay, but how many did she kick? 12. 11. Oh, I think Meg's you're right. right. And who was next up with 11? Wooshner. Wooshner, then Cunningham, and then Bernardi, then Frederick Traub. Uh, I didn't write that far, but you've got the Cunningham bit. Um, all right. Who took the Suck most it. marks in <laughs> That's the season? That's what she said. Sabs. No, Brooke Lachlan again. Yes. yes. Meg's in again. All right. Who led the most – so Brooke Lachlan, she took 33 marks over the season. Sabrina Frederick. Frederick uh, so Frederick Trobb's on 28 for just regular marks. Contestant marks. Sabs. 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 How many? How many of the 28 were contested? 13. My, my, my book of those. My, my book of those. Well, she took seven in one game, so I'm going to go with – 15. 18 of her Damn 28. It. And who was second Taylor with Harris? 13? Taylor Harris. That's interesting. Uh, most tackles? You get no money oh, for this. Noffy. Noffy. Who was number two? Um, Anderson. No. No. Frio. Where to go? We are the Frio Dockers. Oh, Not Hooker? Juddy. Juddy. Oh, Juddy. So, Nafi on 74, Juddy on 54. Disposals. Who leads? Hooker. No. Carney. Carney. Oh. Okay. So, of all the players, I often looked at the time on the ground stat, you know, and there were lots of players like Hooker often puts. You are obsessed with the stat. <laughs> because I think that it's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible, but it speaks to some weirdness in AFLW yeah. in that some players never get brought off, yep. even though it's can be an incredibly hot game. Some players never get brought off when they're played in the midfield or game. And yeah, I think it's, it's an- actually to the to sometimes the team's detriment that that happens. But not 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 all the time, I but wanna, sometimes it totally is. I want to say in AFLM, mm. I think it's people like key backs that stay on. Mm. Have huge tanks. Is okay, that right? So one player that one over the seven games spent ninety nine point seven percent of time on the ground. So they've maybe come off to have a sip of water. Who was this player? Kate Lugkins. Did yep. I get that? Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> I was gonna. I, I was gonna say Kazla. So well, I'm key back. And yeah. the next one on ninety nine percent flat is. Well, it's not Pax because she was injured. Kazla. No. No, the one we uh, – Hooker. No? No. Randall. Chelsea. No. No, she was concussed. Another clue, please. Oh, yeah. Well, when she's off the ground, you totally notice her because she's not taking all those contested marks. Sabs. Yeah. Anya, Sonia. I like this quiz. All right. That, that, well, it's done it Speaks now. to my all right, personality. Who, who kicked the most inside 50s? Kicked the most inside 50s? Had the most inside 50s. Eliso Day. Yeah. Shout out. So, has anything happened since the weekend? Um, Those four games? I think it's been pretty quiet. You know, once Brisbane and Bulldogs were locked in as the grand finalists, we just had an uneventful announcement of the location of the game. You know, Mm. Mm. oh, there was there was a time change. Oh yeah, that was pretty 
that's pretty big news. That was pretty big news. Mm. A few days after everyone had booked their flights, so yeah. that was pretty helpful. And mm. obviously, you know, the AFL had really prioritised the grand final of AFLW by not keeping Etihad or MCG free, even though there are four Victorian teams. But anyway, and then there was an uneventful tribunal and an mm. uneventful week at Carlton. So play that little music now. <laughs> Ella, we're out of here. <laughs> All right, which one first? <laughs> All right, everyone's talking about it. It is currently, as we are recording this show, it is Wednesday night. Mm. Katie Brennan was cited by the match review panel, Mr. P. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> out of sanctum. <laughs> because of her bad record, she was reprimanded earlier in the season. Mm. Uh, it was an automatic, I guess, suspension. Two weeks down to one with an early plea. They took it to the tribunal on Tuesday night with um, Katie being represented by Lionel Hutz. Uh, that's a Simpsons reference, Meg. Yeah. No. Sorry. <laughs> and the decision was upheld, so she has now been suspended for two weeks. We'll miss the grand final and round one next year. Mm. At this point in time, they are appealing that decision. Mm. And that will happen on Thursday night. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff that's already been floating around the news and social media and stuff. So if she was a male, she would have been fined for both incidences and not received a game sanction. Um, But because female players earn so little, there is no fines in the, you know, the penalties given to female players. Instead, it is reprimands or you lose games. However, because the seasons are so short that a two-game suspension is like a six- or seven-game suspension, which for two uh, – what was the first incident, actually? was I think it was the same Exactly thing. the same. So, uh, well, okay, exactly, but it was the same. So for a – Rough te- conduct te- tackle. Technically okay tackle, but in the way that the person is brought to ground is potential for injury. That that would be the equivalent of six weeks seems crazy. Lots of people have obviously brought up the Trent Cochin incident where he... That annoys me because I think that's completely different. It's not the same act. No, it's not oh, the I same know, act. I, but the I potential guess, for a captain to miss the grand final. So. Yeah, and that, um, that he's seemed a lot worse because the, the opponent, Dylan Shield, is it? Mm-hmm. is concussed, concussed yeah. and didn't play out the rest of the game, whereas Cordner gets up and takes a kick. And receives a free kick. So all that's been said already. I <laughs> don't know what we can add. But uh, sitting next to you, Al, for a lot of games this season, maybe every quarter I hear you go, sling! Um, and that there have been an enormous amount of sling tackles or um, players being held without the ball that are never noticed by the umpires. Mm. Never. They just happen. A, 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 ta- a person gets flung to the ground with or without the ball and it's not even a free. And then this happens and it is a free and so therefore it is um, scrutinised and then this is the result. It just seems crazy in terms of the consistency across the year. But I just actually can't believe we're in this spot where this could actually be happening. I because <laughs> I have to I have to admit when I first read that the AFLW players w- wouldn't be fined because they don't earn mm. the same amount as men, my first reaction was, oh well, I guess yeah, that's that's fair enough. Mm. But in reality, when it's played out like this, 
that it's drastically unfair. Completely yeah. unfair. And why can't it just all be proportional? Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's a $300 fine instead of a $5,000 fine or whatever it is. It's still a punishment. It's definitely a punishment, but it's – and it sends a message. Or someone I spoke to today, like make it a choice. Mm. So they can choose to take a reprimand or they can choose to pay a $500 mm. fine. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with I agree with both of you. I my agree that my biggest issue is the difference between AFLW and AFLM. What I thought what I think is interesting, which I probably agree with, is that the Bulldogs didn't choose in the, at the tribunal from what I understand. They didn't choose to challenge that it was careless, nor did mm. they challenge that it was low impact, and I kind of thought you probably couldn't challenge either of those things. It it seemed to be careless. You know, there's obviously the potential for a for a head injury. You disagree that it, you disagree? No, 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 I don't disagree. Um, when perhaps they should have gone the gender equality line last last night or at the tri- at the tribunal, and is that what they're going to do tomorrow? Well, we don't know. I know you don't like the comparison with the Trent Cotchin thing, but I just think that watching that incident with Trent Cotchin and he went on to play the grand final and then watching the Katie Brennan incident and she doesn't. It just seems manifestly unfair. Yeah. Yes, I I agree with you. I, it's not that I don't like the comparison. I mm. just think it's not about – the comparison can't be about the act itself. No, no, no. It's not about the act but itself. But if we're talking – because because, sorry, a lot of the acts that are brought to the tribunal to be scrutinised – it's not about what injury did occur, but what injury might occur. Right. And so with Cordner, it, it, we're, we're saying that it might have caused a head injury, but we don't think it did because she got up to take the kick. Now, Dylan Shield was concussed. It did incur that injury. It, it, it did. A head injury happened. Yeah. And yet we still – they still found a way to – well, he was contesting he, the ball, though. They were both going for the ball, and he hits him with his back as he's diving on the ball. Yeah. So, in the same token, you can get concussed in a million different acts on a football field, mm. and you can't then take them to the tribunal and say, well, the potential is for a head injury. Um, I don't know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. If you simple, go up for a mark and just fall and, and smash your own head into the ground, you can get concussed and you're well, not sitting the ground. Or if you raise your marking contest and you hit someone's head, you can't say, well, you can't raise a knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that these were – these are two things where it's in the contest. Two people are involved. So, Age journalist Daniel Cherney tweeted last night that there are four grounds for appeal. Now, I'm quoting him, so I hope he's right. The four grounds for appeal are, number one, error of law. Two, manifestly excessive sanction. Which is what you'd argue. Uh, three, manifestly excessive classification or that the decision was so unreasonable that no tribunal acting reasonably could have come to that decision. It's got to be the f- one of the first two. It's got to be excessive oh. sanction, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, we don't well, have a case you- here, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it'll all play out on Thursday, but gee whiz. I it's really- a massive penalty for... Yeah. for oh, there is a tiny little thing that's gone wrong in that tackle. You know what I mean? Like a lot yes. of that tackle is correct. And yes. there's this tiny little thing that's gone wrong. 
and just if I zoom out a bit, I just feel like there's so many things in AFLW where women have been taught to play the game in a certain way and suddenly that gets taken away. So, like, you know, you've been taught to get the ball forward no matter what and then if it runs out of bounds, the opposition gets a kick in. Yes, well, I, there was discussed when, when Dangerfield lost his brown low, you know, then all the discussion came up about we're taught to pin the arms and Katie mm. pins her arms. Yeah, yeah. And mm. take it aground because she still had possession of the football. So, I know what you're saying. It's mm. where is what some may consider a technically very correct tackle, mm. how does that then so close so closely linked to something that can get you a two match ban? Yeah. Yeah. In like a Especially in the moment. Yeah. yeah in the because moment when you of watch playing. the the play, it it's it's a second. It's a second. And anyway. Hashtag free Katie. <laughs> I think the the other thing that I really have detested about this whole incident is that this has got an awful amount of press and it seems like the things that AFLW has got press for this year have been negative ones, you know. this is And this is a big kind of drama and tugs at the heartstrings, but it is a, it is a negative story and um, we're not seeing the good stories as much as these ones. And, you know, we already talked about how some of the papers just really haven't been covering it, but when this pops up, you know, then they are covering it. So that's that's a big disappointment for me is how this is all, you know, because this is mouth-watering. Yeah. Um, it's clickbait almost and um, and so it's being covered and, and that's pretty shit. Shall we talk about how there's something rotten in the state of Denmark? I mean, Princess Park. I mean, Carlton. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, while Katie Brennan was at the tribunal with the media circus, Carlton very quietly <laughs> released a statement saying that uh, they had parted ways with coach Damien Keeping. What? Mm. Did they? What? You had me for half a second. I yeah. did have you. I can't believe I had you both. Were you at another wedding? <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is a little awkward because we've pretty much gone, Carlton, for quite a few rounds. Meg's- you think Andrew McKay is listening to this podcast, do you? Um, I'd like to think so. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, why not? No, no, no. But we, as in the same breath that we want AFLW to be the best that it can be, I want a Carlton to be the best that it could be. And I didn't really want to see heads roll. I wanted things to be fixed with what they had. So... Look, he's he's gone. Grant Bergen, who was the list manager, is gone now. There was a story circulating with Fox, Fox. that Brennan Davy wanted to leave. So, look, and, and I think we've also seen um, uh, a Taylor Harris sharing a um, uh, some disapproval of a of a online publication uh, talking about what's happening at Carlton and and that. Yeah, and, and not being very happy about that. So it, it feels like the, the, the building's a little bit on fire there and it seems almost cheap to pile on. But um, we were right. <laughs> Retrospectively, you might be up against it, you'd think, because there a memo comes out about your playing style from the AFL after week one. And then you you managed to win in the wet the next week and then um, and nothing since. So... It was going to be, it was going to be a tough review. Look, it puts Carlton, and as we were saying before this started, in a in a, who knows what kind of position they're in. I mean, they've got a playing group, but they don't have much else in terms of AFLW at the moment. Yeah, well, this is the, this is the the crux of it for me, and 
JC and I have been red hot on this since it happened in that they traded away their draft picks for players that play at each end of the ground when probably something that needed the most attention perhaps was their midfield. Mm. They needed a bit more run because they'd lost Nat Exxon. Now they're entering into this period where they don't have a coach, they don't have a list manager, who knows who's doing their recruiting for them currently. And we have two new teams coming into the competition, so there'll be draft restrictions. Um, yes, they finished last, but they not probably won't get the first draft pick. Mm. And then there's four teams coming in the following year. So they've had every opportunity to get all their ducks in a row, but they seem to mm. maybe have not done that. <laughs> Look, it seems to leave a lot of girls... Stranded up in the air. Well, no, yeah, stranded is not the right word. They're they're currently at their football club, but now is the time to have discussions about where you stand in terms of list development, whether you're on the list or off the list. Who are they having those conversations with? Yeah. Do you want to talk about the location of the grand final, or has that been done to death? Look, my prediction, and I said this to you earlier, is I don't think it's going to be a sellout slash lockout because it is at Icon Park mm. and people are going to be too scared that they're going to get locked out so they're not going to go. Yeah. I've heard rumours of people thinking they'll just do it at home already. Yeah. Well, because it is on TV. Yeah. So, yeah, because they've, they've shot themselves in the foot with that. They're not going to sell tickets. It got – there was a lockout once before, same location. As I mentioned to you earlier, Al, uh, every seat I think will be in the baking sun <laughs> because of yeah. the time of day that it is. Yeah. Um. Or in the rain. Please come. So, oh, yeah. I'm going to go. But I'm like, Not I, you too. I don't want to have to. Uh, Our many, many listeners. <laughs> oh, wait. That's what she said. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. I watched too much of The Office. Anyway. Yeah, look. I'm just. Oh, sell tickets. I just don't want to have to get there at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's just ridiculous. Anyway. Should we talk about the game? The game? The game? The game. Yeah. What's going to happen? Mm. Well, considering we have such a great track record for really predicting what's going to happen week to week. <laughs> I could tell you what was going to happen if Collingwood were playing. Oh, really? Only because I can I can apparently tip them. They're the only <laughs> team you can tip. Yeah. Well, I only put in one tip last week mm. and it was Collingwood. Oh, well, there you go. But look, Brisbane looked scary good last week. It was hard to tell as you're saying, Al, that game was a bit – it was quite messy. It was wind-affected. It was really tight. Um, and so we haven't really seen a, a um, blow-them-out-of-the-park performance from the Bulldogs in the last few weeks. But they still have a huge amount going on. And across each line, they've got real kind of star power or girls that are really coming into their own. I think Mon Conti is just getting better and better each week. Um She's so agile. She turns on crazy angles. Yeah, but the contested marks were oh, a new addition this week. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Emma Race tried to put the uh, moz on Brooke Lachlan that she wouldn't kick another goal and she showed her. And she's obviously very dangerous. We don't know yet if Katie Brennan's going to play, but that obviously adds another factor. But for me, Brisbane's first quarter last week just was incredible. They look so scary. GWS are not you know, a, a, a really good side, and they just couldn't touch the ball. Mm. Um, Sabrina Frederick, I feel like she's going to another level. Who who can quite quiet, quiet her? Oh, Sparky. Sparky. I backed Sparky to do it. She did a, She played a great game last week, and mm. she was successful against her 
when they played during the year. Yeah. So, no, you're right. I I just think that um, Frederick Torp, she doesn't need to market to be to create the structure um, and to be the focal point. She brings it to ground. She can do those that roving stuff. I think that. Oh, sorry. And the other thing is that Brisbane have the memory of a losing grand final. Well, that's what I was going to say. How much does the experience of the day, fire in the belly, mm. etc., um, come into it? Yeah. Well, question mark. Yeah, they've they've had that experience before. Does it make you more nervous because you've lost one before, or does it make you less nervous because you know what you're going to face? The other factor that I think people are discussing is the dimensions of Icon Park in comparison to Witten Oval. So it's fat. fat. It's a fat old ground. Bulldogs haven't played there this year. Brisbane have. Blah blah blah. Game style, kicking. Mm. They. Look to use whatever, whatever ground they're on, they're finding space and using each corner of it when they're playing their best footy. So I'm inclined to think Icon Park good. Mm. but For who? For, for Bulldogs. Mm. But who knows? I don't know. Well, look, we, we watched um, Brisbane really pummel Carlton there mm. on a Saturday night, so I think they like it too. Yeah, and they got their little they, – they are running. Mm. Oh, does Libby go to Cashy again? Mm. Surely, yes. Yeah. Rematch. Rematch. Mm, yeah. um, so we've got the Sparky Sabs matchup, Libby Cashy. Who runs with Kate McCarthy? I don't know, but Kate McCarthy's really. That last game was a great game for her. She'd been a bit quiet through the season, but she looks like to have hit a little bit of form. Um, ugh, and when I we speak know. about, I mean, sorry, to go back to what you were saying about the occasion and how you feel about it, I don't. I look at. So let's say the starting midfield for the Bulldogs Astro O'Connor, Kirsty Lamb. Emma Carney, Ellie Blackburn. Don't run into them in a pub. No, or on a big <laughs> stage, I would say. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, I've sort of said throughout the year that big game experience and the experienced players, while it might not be at AFLW level, still sort of pays off. Um, yeah, and that's why I lean towards Brisbane. We have a, we're very familiar with the, with a lot of the Bulldogs team. They're the Victorian team. They've been mm. in Victorian footy. And there is no doubt that we're speaking, Brisbane gets spoken about the even contributors around the ground and unheralded people like Anderson. Don't know where I'm going with this, but I Anderson, think... Anderson, Stanton. Bates, Silky. Yeah. Look, one of the criticisms of the Bulldogs last year was that they didn't have enough even contribution over the over the team, whereas this year that's really improved. But Brisbane have done it both years. They've really had that even contribution across um, across the whole list. But how they fell down in that grand final last year was they didn't. There were some really quiet games for yeah. some key people. Um, so that would be, you know, burning in the belly for a lot of those girls. But one thing, you know, that does occur to me is that the Brisbane window for premierships might be closing because not – this year coming, but the next one, there's going to be another Queensland team. And so you would think that some of their those Queensland-based players are going to be moving around. So Certainly, it, but I don't think they'll be any more depleted than Victorian clubs. No, no, no. Oh, well, actually, that's a very good point. Because they're but, just um, – they get split wide open. But it, you are right that Victorian teams will be in the same boat. But anyway, I don't know. The the top line mm, – I don't know. We'll see. But expansion in Victoria, we yeah. have a few key people – Playing in Brisbane, who might yeah. be coming home? Coming home? Who yeah. knows? I'm mm. going to speculate. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I'll put a pin in my point then about the window closing. But the I number think of teams in the competition, yeah, is going to make it naturally the odds of winning 
yeah, yeah. for the next harder. few years of, in the future. Harder and harder and harder. Yeah, yeah. But look, Lutkins, Kasla, Koenig last week? Conan? Conan. Conan. Yeah. Well, not Koenig. Um, Conan last Last week I thought I had a great game. Not a huge amount of disposals, but took marks at the right time. Used the ball really well. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it, it, You're it, clearly tipping Brisbane. Well, I, I'm so easily swayed by a really dominant performance, and that was the last I saw of Brisbane. So that's the feeling I take into this week. I'm looking forward to Aster O'Connor's battle with Talia Randall. She's had a lot to do with Talia. Oh, no. Talia's through, development. Yeah. yeah. Through Uh-oh. juniors. So, yeah, I can't wait to see. Mm, to be a fly on the wall in that little centre circle. <laughs> Just the opening the opening ball up mm. when they're facing each other across the line. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy it's in Victoria. Oh. Mm. I'm so happy. <laughs> mm. Have you got any other family occasion on this weekend that might mean you miss it? Mm. <laughs> Plenty of my, fa- my chosen family will be at the football, so <laughs> yeah. I'll be there. So, That's you, Julia. Are you bringing your child? God, no. I want to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we are we going? Are we going to tip? Well, I think I've already I've already tipped Brisbane. That isn't to say that I don't very much want uh, former teammates to win. <laughs> but yep. our head is saying Brisbane. Mm. Bulldogs for mine. Uh, yeah, I'm going to tip. Oh, look out! <laughs> um, no, head says. Brisbane, heart mm. says dogs. That's not a tip. Well, I'm tipping Brisbane mm. with <laughs> okay. my head. All right, all right. <laughs> I seriously think that dogs will get it done comfortably. But well, and, I'm, and I hope you're right. <laughs> so my heart hopes you're mm-hmm. right too. Yeah. Who is taking – Emma Carney is I am immediately feeling really no, anxious now that I've actually tipped someone mm-hmm. and I'm now thinking that the Bulldogs are a shoo-in mm-hmm. because I have tipped Brisbane. <laughs> Until you just made that comment and you flipped mm-hmm. it all on its head again. See, this is all a mess now. <laughs> okay, mm. no, no, no. One more thing with the grand final. Mm. Standard sweep. Who kicks first goal? Wooshner. I like mm. that tip, actually. Yes, I wish I'd said it. <laughs> wish I hadn't been thinking. <laughs> Gibson. All right, I'm going to have to show some Western Bulldogs love here. Uh, you tree for mine. Um, I have an ongoing discussion with a housemate of mine about how she is Brie Davy reincarnate. <laughs> yeah, right. Body, game, kick, same, Obstic. same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, big call. Big game player. Yep, you tree for mine on that one. Now, winner of the best on ground for oh, the grand final that does not have a name yet. No, does it? but no, unfortunately it, is, it has Katie Brennan's face on face the medal, on it, which oh, seems that's such very a no. unfortunate. The Katie Brennan year. medal. Yes. Jesus. The fist pump. That's not um, good. Who wins that? It is it kind of like should we say who we think would be best on ground depending on who wins the game? What, or does it have to be in line with be our tips? in line tip? with all our tips. I think it's got to be in line with all your yeah, tips. Yeah, you're uh. picking a Brisbane player. Um, Sabs. I reckon if Brisbane are winning, so if it's in line with all my tips, if Brisbane are winning, Sabs has had a big game. Um, Just go with your friend Lutkins. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Kate Lutkins. So maybe I'll just <laughs> say Kate Lutkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going with... Jenna Bruton. Right. You think they'll tag the other two and she'll just be let off the leash? Well, I think she was best on ground last week mm. without a, without tagging them. Yeah. I think she 
has the potential to kick a couple goals. Yeah. That helps. And Ellie Blackburn has played a fair bit spare in defence. Mm. And you can look great, but um, you don't often win best yeah, on yeah. ground for it. Yeah. So. Unless you're Kate Lodkins. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Unless you're Kate Lodkins. All right. Would you rather? Okay. So, drum roll. I'm nervous about this week because <laughs> I've written some questions that I feel you could cut the whole segment because you're too controversial. <laughs> but I'm going with it anyway. And disclaimer again, we love everyone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We love everyone. We're envious of everyone's talent and ability. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> that being said, Alicia Newman, you've featured in this segment a few times. Congratulations mm. on that much. Would you rather win goal of the year, which she's been nominated for and we all agree deserves? Yep. Or <laughs> oh, kick a notable other three bounces running into oh. the goal square goal and play in a grand final. Oh, oh. oh that's rough. She always make. I think the answer's apparent. Yeah. Grand final, grand of course. Final. Of course, Alicia would say that as mm-hmm. well. I just couldn't help. I just, the comparison occurred mm-hmm. to me when I was watching the game, re-watching the game. Um, and it's completely... I will say this. It is completely unfair that I suggest that that running goal equals a win in that match. It was oh, no, no, third no, that's quarter. ridiculous. Yeah, We're yeah. not saying that. Yeah. But, wow. Momentum, blah, blah. Momentum, blah, blah. <laughs> Scotty gave it to her, didn't she? But it's kind of similar to Carney the week before, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Momentum, blah, blah. Yeah. Grand final, <laughs> blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Mm. Love your work, Alicia. So we're going to stick with running players who can run, bounce, and kick goals. Kate McCarthy, would you rather be Kate McCarthy <laughs> kicking a running goal like she did a couple on the weekend mm. or catch Kate McCarthy <laughs> like Alicia did, Eva did on the weekend? Oh, oh that's, yeah, I, That was special. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be catching. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Because – because we all know how fast Kate McCarthy yeah, is. Yes. And then when Alicia Eva just kind of gritted her teeth oh, and awesome, made it, it happen, like, how is that possible? Anyway, that was amazing. Yeah, catch, catcher. Catch? Yeah. yeah. I agree. But obviously, Alicia's catch is only so good because we know how good you are. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's Mac. right. You are a jet. Yeah. Okay. I set the scene. You are the captain of an AFLW club. Congratulations on your selection. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Your team's playing in a grand final. Obviously. Wow. <laughs> Would you rather you miss the grand final, like a friend of ours may have to, but your team is guaranteed the win, or you get to play in the grand final, but the game is subject to chance like any other game of football? Good God. Jeez, that is tough. What a question. <laughs> what a question. Thank you for crafting it so beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure, mate. Uh, I, had the, it, I had the genesis of the you idea. Did, you did. It was the seed. I just... Is my answer the same on this podcast as it would be in private? <laughs> <laughs> I take that to be on the podcast, you say that obviously guaranteed the team will win in real no. life. You didn't want to be out there. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I think that I would have to say that to guarantee the team to win. You are such a beautiful person. No, I'm not. I just don't know how well I play in grand finals. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's something like I'm slightly hesitant about saying yes, guarantee, you know, because when anything's guaranteed, it kind of takes the shine off it Mm. a little bit. So I don't know. Does everyone know that? (laughs) Does everyone know you made that decision? Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I guess the, the. the reason we are posing this question is that I'm looking at KB and unfortunately there's so many parallels to 2016 with the Western Bulldogs. Their spiritual leader is unable to play in the grand final and the team rises and has this awesome success. But mm. there's that other narrative. And I, we've had the discussion about, oh, in a way, you're looking and thinking, imagine those storylines being that similar. Mm. Footy gods are at it again, so who knows what will happen? I don't know. I don't. Um, yes, uh, the correct answer is guarantee <laughs> your own team a win. Mm. Yeah. The footy player answer is get me the f- out there. <laughs> um. Do, do we settle? Settle on the answer. My answer. Yeah. Oh, you're really pressing me. I was hoping you wouldn't <laughs> notice. <laughs> um. Well, just to be different, I'm going to say play chance. Back your team in, back yourself in. Yeah. Well, thanks, Meg. No worries. We are going to finish the show tonight with JC's No Filter. Mm. All right. You have such license over how we do the show, I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is disappointing because there's no guitar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. But it's printed, so it means I actually put this together. Um, a bit earlier. So, uh, no filter number eight. Today's is uh, titled, They Pave Paradise and Put Up a Parking Lot. So, I started putting this together on Sunday night before the last few dramatic revelations had come out, but the sentiment still applies. This is partly aimed at the grand finalists this week, but really to all the football players across the country who play footy week to week and whose winter season will be starting soon. Many players that we love and admire will have played their last game of AFLW. Their AFLW career is coming to an end, some willingly through retirement, some forced through injury and delisting. On a smaller scale and far away from the AFLW limelight, the last footy game I played was on the 18th of September 2016. It was a Division I grand final at Coburg City Oval where I captained the losing side. I didn't know what was to come afterwards, but I remember making a concerted effort to remember the day, having had a few seasons under my belt and knowing how quickly you start to forget the details. After the game, my nine-month-old son fell asleep on me and his baby Bjorn, not ideal recovery, and we hung around the grounds all day till the afternoon to watch the Falcons' senior team beat Melbourne Uni in the State League Grand Final. That was also the first day I met the crew from the Outer Sanctum in person, sitting on some stairs at the city end. We are recording this on the 21st of March, and it was exactly one year ago today that during a pelvic exam I was told I had a large mass in the right side of my pelvis. I was 34. I had no idea what it was and what hell was to come, but suffice to say it changed everything for me and made me feel as if the certainty of life had slipped away forever. Barring a miracle, that losing grand final will be the last footy game I ever play. Mine is an extreme scenario, but the last game comes for everyone. It's unavoidable. The belief that as a player you get to plan and choose the timing and outcome of your last game is a fallacy. Only a few players will get the Shane Crawford farewell. Some players will be able to choose a time to retire, 
They may go out at their personal peak or after a winning premiership. Some will retire when they've got little choice but to give the game away with a body or a game style that struggles to keep, to keep up. Some will be forced out with career-ending injuries, ankles, shoulders, feet and knees too ruined to be fixed well enough or with repeat concussions that tempt permanent damage. Some will have children and find it difficult to find the time or the energy to play such a demanding sport whilst raising little ones. For some, the final moment could be two minutes into round one after a punishing pre-season. Some will lose their love for the game and give it up. I'm thinking now VWFL, VFLW players from Diamond Creek, Eastern Devils and St Kilda Sharks. To the best of my knowledge, the decision to not continue fielding teams in VFLW for 2018 was made after the end of the 2017 season, after the final home and away season and grand final had been played. Many girls had played their last game in their club jumper without knowing it. They could have been unremarkable games with unmemorable performances and it's all gone now. The chance to commemorate the event as it was happening was lost. The new, the new VFLW licence system is a topic for another day, but I feel intense sadness for those players who lost the opportunity to mark a chapter closed. One of the many remarkable things about AFLW is that it keeps a dream alive for many young girls and women, that they can play the world's best game, be athletic, skilled, competitive on the grand scale. However, I also feel that this has added another layer to the unrealistic expectations placed on women, that, only, that not only can women do it all, but women must do it all, and this somehow implies that doing and having it all is the aim, even play AFL. And the structures around the current AFLW setup have meant that AFLW players must do it all to survive the system. They must train, play, recover, work for their day jobs, be confident but not cocky, be unbreakable but never macho, be aggressive but never so much it makes the umpires or Mr P uncomfortable, be articulate and never unsure, be lovable and never unpleasant, be marketable but never sell out. The all-consuming nature of football and the back-to-back seasons for women's footy can mean that women delay starting the rest of their lives, putting off studies, careers, promotions, travel, relationships or starting families. Only a lucky few can evolve various parts of their lives at the same time. So everything becomes a compromise and a juggling act revolving around footy and the pressure placed on each week's performance rises because of its interplay with all the sacrifices involved in getting on the park each week. The pressure to perform, the stress, the criticism from AFLW coaches and the media spotlight all can overcome any enjoyment and can have players arriving at the question, why am I doing this? The season from GWS Courtney Gum this year was inspiring for many reasons, but I couldn't help but feel that Gum was putting on a masterclass in mindfulness. Don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. Enjoy and be present in the moment the game, you've got the opportunity to do this now and you can never guarantee you'll get another chance. And I guess what I want to say is from a person who thought they'd get to choose the final game but didn't, that the last game goes past in an instant but the regrets don't fall away with time. So, enjoy every game for what it is. Remember why it is you started to play and why you continue to do it. It's the best sport you'll ever play. Be present in the moment. Run and run and run. Keep your feet. Get to every contest. Attack every ball. Keep your feet. Don't get pushed off the ball. Do whatever it takes to stay in the contest. 
Do whatever it takes to stay in the game. Use your voice. If you see something your teammates need to know about, it, need to know about, say it. If the ball is moving quickly towards goal and you see an empty goal square, run to it, no matter what team you're on. Keep your feet. Play to the whistle. Play to the siren. Because take it from me, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone.